RugbyRenegade.com, the number one online strength and conditioning program for rugby. Are you ready to get bigger, stronger, fitter, and faster and dominate your opposition? Welcome to the Rugby Renegade Podcast, where we build machines. Today's episode is sponsored by Optimum Nutrition. To get a 40% discount across their entire batch-tested range, use the code RENEGADE40 at www.onacademy.co.uk forward slash elite portal. And of course, members of the Rugby Renegade online subscription program get an exclusive 50% discount plus free access to the Optimum Nutrition online nutrition course. Yes, hello and welcome back to episode 76 of the Rugby Renegade podcast. My name is Jamie Bain and today I interview Fred Makaru, uh, strength and conditioning coach with Bordeaux uh, Rugby, uh, has experience in rugby league and union. Um, and it's great to get insight from a, a French SNC coach about working in, in the French league. Um, and you know the different culture there, and we talk about developing culture from a you know team's perspective as well. Uh, talk about strength development, rehab, tons of great info in there, um, and he's a it seems like a real a real good guy. So give it a listen and let us know what you think. Hi Fred, welcome to the Rugby Renegade podcast. Uh, it's great to have you on. So let's start by you telling us a little bit about your background, how you got into strength and conditioning, uh, and some of the, the sports and teams you work with. Hello Jamie. Um... I'm a former rugby league player, so I played 20 years rugby league in France. Um, I played two years rugby union when I was uh, in under 18 for Narbonne, but the majority of my career, if I can call it a, a career, um, <laughs> I play rugby league uh, in the south of France for Lesignan and Montpellier. Um, I started um, learning strength and conditioning at Montpellier University uh, when I was a, a player and uh, I started as an intern with the under 16s of Lesignan uh, which was my my team um, so that was my first season as a strength and conditioning coach I made um, a lot of mistakes usual mistakes you can do when you start um, trying a lot of different stuff, uh, changing every week, um, just uh, bashing players on the field, uh, stuff like that, just to, to have more experience with the, the methods and protocols. Um, and then I moved to Montpellier as a player, so I asked the club if I can become the strength and conditioning coach. Montpellier was in second division. So we played two years in second division. I was player and strength and conditioning coach. Uh, then we were promoted in first division. So I spent four years in Montpellier doing the strength and conditioning side. Good experience because the players were not professionals and uh, I had to adapt uh, basically every day to the number of players I had at training uh, to who, who did not any uh, resistance training uh, the guys who just like to run the guy who just don't want to do any strength and conditioning um, but that was a good experience <laughs> um, and then I had the chance to meet uh, um, I think he did a podcast for you for Rugby Renegade who's that sorry yeah, Keegan, Keegan yes, yeah, Keegan, uh, yeah, he was on a while back, yeah. Yeah. 
Was that a, is that so, a Catalan? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. He was um, the head of strength and conditioning for the Catalan Dragons, and uh, we, we met, we had a, a good chat, and uh, a friend. Uh, he invited me uh, to watch uh, a full week at the Catalan which was my first experience in a professional uh, rugby um, and then he asked me if I want to become his assistant for the, the season after so I, I joined the, the Catalan and uh, I spent my first year as an assistant strength and conditioning coach I just worked two months with Keegan because he moved to the Roosters uh, zone so my first season, I was um, uh, uh, in charge of rehabilitation with the professional squad, and I was in charge of uh, the under 16 and under under 18. And at the end of the year, I I have been uh, appointed as the head of strength and conditioning for the French national rugby rugby league team for the 2010 World Cup rugby league World Cup. Uh, so I had a good experience during the World Cup. We reached the uh, quarterfinals. And uh, when I came back from the World Cup, um, the head of, head of the new head of SNC moved to, to uh, Munster, Munster, and uh, I was appointed as the head of strength and conditioning for the Catalan Catalans. So I spent three years at, at the head of strength and conditioning with them. Uh, had plenty of, uh, of good experiences. Uh, we made the playoffs for three years. We made the semi-finals, which was a good result. Result for the club. Um, I was working in the, in, the, in the best French club. So from rugby league, you just want to play or to work for the Catalan Dragon in France. So that was that was a good experience. I trained uh, big names of, uh, of rugby league uh, as a player, and uh, that was my first uh, big experience in professional rugby. And I discovered the rugby league atmosphere in England as well. So uh, moving with the with the Catalans. To play Wigan, Warrington, St. Helens, Hull, uh, big places for rugby league. That was very good. The, I think the, the, the first thing was I think now I wasn't ready to manage uh, such a great group of players. And um, I made some mistakes in, in my coaching, um, uh, in, my, in my coaching, my relations with some players. So that, that's why I have decided. Uh, I agree for a new contract for three years, and uh, I decided to uh, to stop uh, at the Catalan to leave. And uh, I spent three months in the Southern Hemisphere, where I uh, visited six teams, six clubs, like the Sydney Roosters, Brisbane Broncos, Queensland Reds, Waratahs, West Tigers, and uh, I tried to learn learn uh, learn more about the the coaching env uh, environment and methods in Southern Hemisphere. And when I get back uh, from Australia and New Zealand, um, I just had a call from Bordeaux who was searching for a strength coach. And uh, I signed a, a three-year contract with them. And uh, since I'm a strength coach for Bordeaux in top 14. Yeah, awesome. So t tons of experience at a lot of uh, good clubs. Um, and and you know some success there, some good performances. Uh, but let's just tap into you. You visiting Australia for a few months there. What what are some of the things you learned your time down under? Um, 
the the reason was uh, i had um, uh, not a good experience in uh, in coaching and uh, with uh, relations with players i think when i worked for the catalans i was ready uh, with the technical side of strength and conditioning so in the gym uh, sets reps methods was good uh, in improving fitness on the field uh, as well like like a coach who come from uni uh, you learn a lot about theory but uh, I haven't been good on um, on my uh, coaching and my management, and I, I wanted to uh, learn from um, other uh, experienced coaches. And um, my questions when I uh, came to to club like Roosters or, or Reds, uh, I just ask um, the the head of SNC uh, what are his uh, management methods, um, um, how. How um, uh, when it's a problem with with the player, uh, what's the solution? Uh, do you uh, do you talk with him first? Do you talk uh, in front of the group? Uh, are you referring to the head coach straight or uh, try to to solve the problem yourself with the player? Uh, that's the the sort of thing I've uh, I've learned in uh, in Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, cool. And your your first role with Catalan Dragons, as you said, was kind of doing the rehab S and C role. Uh, what what's your kind of approach for for rehabbing players getting returned to play? Um, in France, I always talk about the different culture because in France, so we got a pretty, spe pretty special culture um, and mindset. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, with the, with the, I really enjoy working with the physios for the, the medical side. And um, in France, the, the physio had a different role than the, in, uh, in England or uh, in uh, North America or Southern Hemisphere. Um, they do a lot of uh, tissue treatment and not that much of a functional uh, exercise. Um, yeah, you understand what I mean? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, so a physio in in France, he just does a lot of treatment, um, and uh, he never goes into the gym to to do some uh, uh, strengthening exercise or uh, more functional movement with the players. So I, I had to adapt uh, to this, and I had to do um, a lot more than uh, what is expected uh, usually from a rehab coach. Um, so yeah, that was the. The, my, my first experience I think in a rehabilitation more generally uh, we have to train as soon as possible uh, when uh, when the doc uh, say okay the, you can move with the player he can uh, do some stuff in running or in a strengthening part of, of training um, as soon as possible uh, just move uh, uh, going to um, the limit of pain and try to progress day by day and not having, uh, um, we can program, we can have steps, um, plan, but it's always really important to um, to monitor and to screen day by day. Yeah, definitely. It's got, you've got to have a plan, but it's got to be adaptable, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, now, I know you're passionate about uh, developing strength and power with your players. That's kind of, you know, one of the things you hang your hat on. What, uh, what are your go-to training methods um, when it comes to developing strength with your players? Yeah, I, I think um, 
strength is like a, a mother of, uh, of all the qualities, physical yeah. qualities. Um, and uh, I got an individualiz individualization process and uh, I try to stick to it uh, for the, the whole season, pre-season, in-season. So my individualization process is uh, first, is my player injured or is he uh, good? If he's injured, he goes into the um, rehabilitation group with another coach. Um, if he's good, we watch the uh, body composition. Um, if the body composition is not good, is not in the standards, um, is the player uh, lack of uh, muscle mass? If, lack, if he lacks muscle mass, we, he goes into a hypertrophic group. If uh, uh, he carries too much body fat, he goes into um, the metabolic group or fat club or fat group, whatever <laughs> you call it. <laughs> um, and um, if the body composition is good, uh, we start um, uh, testing strengths. But before that, we want to make sure the body composition is uh, is good, so he can tolerate uh, training load and uh, and everything. So. For strength, I've got uh, four predictor lifts for rugby players. I've got a squat variation, who vary uh, depending on the position or depending on the uh, capacity, uh, or movement capacity of the player. I use the power clean as well, uh, because I want uh, an exercise for lower body on slow strength with the squat and one on um, uh, speed strength uh, with the power clean. And for upper body, I'm pretty basic. One for uh, push, one for pull. So I use bench press and I use a chin-up. And when I, I've got a pretty good uh, uh, image of the player uh, strength levels, uh, max strength, if standards are, um, if, if he's good, if his level is good for the standards, he can move to the last uh, step of my individualization process, which is power. Uh, we try to um, increase power, but if the strength level are not good, we try to increase uh, strength first. And we know it will have uh, an effect on power as well for a uh, uh, big part of the of the player. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Developing max strength is the base, and then we try to um, to increase the uh, rate of force development. So we try to. Uh, to produce strengths uh, faster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so assuming you do have a player like that who does does have a good level of of strength, what are your training methods for for power that you you like to use? For strengths or uh, for yeah. power, for power, for power. Uh, if he lacks, uh, you know, you say if he lacks power or if he lacks strength. Uh, if if he has a good level of strength. So you need yeah. to work on power. What are your what are your training okay. methods for power? Okay, so for power, um, I like using a conjugate um, programmation. Uh, I like having um, a heavy day and a, and a speed day. And on the speed day, uh, I like using uh, plyometrics for the the backs uh, for the guy who who can do it. I like using a contrast method as well. Uh, on the contrast method, I really, really enjoy um, doing isometrics, uh, overcoming isometrics, and then uh, moving into a ballistic or a plyometric exercise. Yeah. And um, of course, I use uh, Olympic lifts 
I love using Olympic lift. I, I really like. Uh, I take time to teach to the players uh, Olympic lifting. Um, I see Olympic lifting as a long-term um, improvement. And um, I use velocity-based training as well. Uh, we have the chance to, to work with Jim uh, Aware. And um, I, I try to, to use the velocity-based training. Um, on certain exercises, we test the... Um, optimal power, the, the max power, and then depending on the cycle, we work on uh, speed strength or strength speed with um, speed uh, between uh, 0.7 to 1 meter per second or 1 meter per second to 1.3 meter per second. Yeah, that's cool. And and you mentioned uh, cycling there. How, how do you, um, throughout the season, cycle through different, different phases of training? Okay, so in season... Usually, in pre-season, I, I like to use a block, um, a block method, block programmation. Yeah. Um, we, we've got basically two, uh, two cycles of three weeks. Some players on the first week, they are just doing hypertrophy and uh, second strength and power. And some guys are already good with their body composition. So they start with strength and then move into uh, power. And in season, I use the the conjugate method, so we always develop uh, both, uh, so strength and power at the yeah. same time. Yeah. I like using the, the heavy days on Monday for lower body and uh, or game day plus two, lower body, game day plus three, upper body, and on game day minus two, we do the all the speed stuff, all the power stuff. No, it's cool. Sounds like a really good setup. Now, uh, we, we spoke briefly before off air about, you know, how, how long uh, the season is for the top 14. It's 11 months of, of playing rugby. And that's a, that's a long time. So how do you um, keep the players focused on trying to improve performance rather than just maintaining through it through the season? Um, I like um, building a, an improvement culture in the gym. Uh, I really like to expose players to a lot of uh, challenges, competitions. I like to expose uh, data, performance. Um, I, I never test. I never test players. Uh, I never say that's a, a testing session or that's a testing week. But I always uh, try to write their numbers or they write their, their numbers. And um, uh, I put the numbers, the data on, uh, on the board in the gym. And um, so the players are always uh, working in the gym and just uh, talking about the data, the, the performance. And they know during the week they will have at least one big challenge, who can be uh, just a counter movement jump, or a 5RM bench press, or 3RM uh, uh, box squat, I don't know, or um, 2RM power clean. And um, that's the way I. Uh, I keep players focusing on their uh, on their weight sessions and our uh, performance in just um, using a lot of challenges and uh, and competitions in the gym. Yeah, I like that. Obviously, we you'll know how competitive rugby players get, so it's that's a good way yes. of doing it. And and you mentioned the word you mentioned it a couple of times um, the word culture. Um, and, and what, what have your strategies been around, not, not just in the gym and performance, but what have your strategies been with the team trying to develop that good winning culture? Uh, um, for me, 
because I came from rugby league. I played 20 years. I've uh, coached for for nine years in a uh, rugby league. And when I came to rugby union, uh, I, I don't want to say rugby union, but Bordeaux uh, is a rugby union team, of course. And um, the culture in Bordeaux, in the club, was uh, a big culture of, uh, of uh, heavy running. So a lot of aerobic. And they weren't focused at all on the, in the gym. So my first thing was to talk with the player to explain why uh, we have to train in the gym, why we have to increase max strength, um, what are the, um, the things you can, you can watch on the field after, the improvement you can watch on the field when you improve max strength on, um, on their uh, running ability or their, on, on their tackle ability, on scrum, uh, jumps. Uh, I explain uh, wh- what, uh, why are we doing uh, weight sessions, and um, I explain to each player uh, what's the um, process with him. So I ask him what his goal in the uh, strength and conditioning side. Uh, maybe he say, I-, "I want to get bigger, I want to get faster, or uh, uh, I want to drop uh, body fat," and um, I always say, okay, I'm going to build a program for you, depending on your goals, and we retest in six weeks and in uh, in 12 weeks, and we'll see if it works. So, yeah, that's the my approach. I, I talk, I explain everything I say, uh, I say and um, everything I, I put in place in my programs. Yeah, I, I like that. So they, they know exactly... You know, you're, you're both singing from the same 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 hymn sheet, so to speak. Um, and they and they can't cheat. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide. But, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so th- this question we ask all the guests on the podcast, and it's uh, it's quite a difficult one. But what what is the biggest mistake you think rugby players make when it comes to strength and conditioning? What's the biggest mistake you think they make? Um, I think the I've seen a lot um, no pain no gain attitude. Yeah. Uh, in rugby training, which is good sometimes, but not good uh, every time. Um, the the play, rugby players like to train really hard in the gym, really hard on the field, and uh, there is a lack of quality in their training, I think. Um, in the gym, they always uh, like uh, hypertrophy training, yeah. uh, some, and a lot do, uh, do too much hypertrophy training. Um, or... On the other side, they like powerlifting. They just train like powerlifters. So they just want to increase squat, bench, deadlift. That's it. Um, they don't care about the single leg exercises, uh, uh, special posterior chain exercise, uh, plyometrics, power exercise. So the, the third um, sort of player is uh, the player who like the, the CrossFit crossfit side so they just do words uh, bash themselves on the <laughs> in the gym and i think they, they lack uh, they lack quality uh, in their training um, in my opinion on the field it's a bit the same thing so the no pain no gain attitude uh, my opinion is to get fit to play rugby you have to play rugby more so we try to do a lot of things um, with uh, with the ball in hands when we are on the field to develop their fitness. Yeah. Uh, we use a lot of fitness game, but we try to program the rugby session to uh, to be hard physically and challenging uh, mentally as well. Uh, it's not uh, running hard to exhaustion. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, I think the lack of quality is uh, the first uh, mistake I can see. And the second is players who are training with no goal, um, no, no why. Uh, why am I going to the into the gym to improve myself? Why am I running? Um, they've got no screening and uh, no understanding of their weaknesses, so they just train, but with no goal. And um, that's one thing uh, I've seen a lot. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's, I guess that's our role to kind of reinforce the why, why they're doing it. It's to improve performance. It's not just to get good at some CrossFit wad or just get bigger for the sake of it. And and then, like you say, it's finding those goals. It's it's assessing them as an individual and, and seeing what they need to improve and showing that that will improve their performance as opposed to just, you know, randomly trying to increase your squat or get bigger. So I think, yeah, you yeah. definitely, yeah, that's, that's something we see a lot. So I definitely agree with you there. Um, and then also in terms of coaches now, what, what advice would you give to uh, an upcoming, upcoming strength coach? Um, my first thing is um, uh, train. Train yourself and train people. Uh, when you are new um, in, um, in this business, uh, you have to train yourself to understand uh, the... the the energy you have to, to I don't know in English, sorry, but sorry. Uh, just to just to feel the session, feel the training, yeah. uh, you know what it means, and train people, um, train people because uh, the field is the number one. So you get more experience in training people, and you get you become a better coach if you train more and more people, uh, even if it's your uh, your parents, your your cousin, or or any rugby player. Uh, just train yourself and train people. Try to to inspire. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, like you say, even if it's people you're going to train that you don't think will relate to, if if it's rugby per se, you're going to go into, you'll you'll learn how to adapt for them. And in rugby, yeah. at some point, you're going to have an injury that you won't have dealt with before, and you're going to have to learn. It's it's learning yeah. how to adapt. It's not just you know everyone's the same. Um, so yeah, it's a real good point. And then. I guess are there any any books or resources you'd recommend for a, a developing coach? Um, are there any you know any ones that stand out to you that, that have helped you in your career? Um, I like the I like the super training the, yep. the book. I like uh, using the conjugate method. So of course I will talk about the Westside Barbell book of methods. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the. Um, uh, Ashley Jones' uh, book about the strength and conditioning in rugby. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like reading book about coaching as well and uh, and about self development mindset. Yeah. Uh, like uh, the one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. About um, I like um, Mike Boyle. I, I, I've read uh, maybe two or three times uh, advances in functional training. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, re I really like as well um, uh, Joe DeFranco. So um, I, I like his um, his uh, certification CPPS. So when you go into CPPS, you receive a lot of books. So I like yeah. those books about speed, uh, warm up, strength, power. Yeah. Have you done his certification? Have you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's a good good course. That's a yeah. That's a good course. Yeah. Uh, I really like uh, doing online courses. 
because um, since I've started in professional uh, environment, I don't have time to attend seminars yeah. because of the length of the of season. So I really enjoy the online stuff. And um, at the moment, I'm uh, doing the Wolfgang Unsold uh, certification about program design. Yeah. Uh, which I like, and I did the Westside Barbell certifications as well. Yeah, I mean, you've touched on that a few times uh, about the conjugate method, and how how have you? Obviously, originally it was written or it was designed for powerlifters. How have you adapted that to to suit rugby players better or athletes better? Yeah, that, that's one thing is important. One, uh, I think one thing important is to say that um, if you like the conjugate method and you want to uh, to adapt to rugby, you have to uh, follow just the principle of the method, not the, the, the true method. So if you train a rugby player in season with four big uh, strength sessions, with two very heavy uh, sessions, one with squat, one with bench, and um, two speed sessions and uh, tons of, um, of uh, hypertrophy work like um, they like to do in West Side, um, I don't think it's good and you, you lack a lot of things in your program. So I like um, keeping the heavy work, uh, but not as heavy as, uh, as the, the West Side method. Not every week. We are not uh, trying to beat PBs every week. But I like uh, keeping something heavy during my week at the start of the week. And I like using the, the dynamic effort methods. And I like the rotations in the exercise as well. Yeah. Uh, I like using bands. I don't use bands with everybody. I use um, bands with more advanced players. And uh, yeah, I like just focusing on one big lift in the at the start, uh, which is good, and then having like uh, assistance exercise, depending on the on the on the player on what he needs. And um, on speed day, I like using um, two exercises for the dynamic effort method, one on the uh, lower body, one on the upper body, and doing one more exercise at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, the principle I like to use from uh, West Side. Yeah, no, sounds, sounds good. Um, now, lastly, just to finish up, Fred, because I know we run out of time, um, where can people learn more about yourself? Um, I uh, so I don't do anything in English <laughs> at the moment, so everything is in French. Um, so on the internet, I, I've got a, a Facebook page which is sport conditioning. Um, I've got a, a blog in French as well, sport conditioning. Maybe uh, in English uh, in the future, maybe some articles. Nice. But uh, yeah, that's the that's cool. where you can have more. Yeah, and of course we'll share uh, links to those in the notes for any any French speaking followers we have. I'm sure we've got a few. Um, I, I guess touching on that because we haven't had many many French coaches on here before, um, and we've spoken about a lot of other coaches in terms of US based, uh, Southern Hemisphere, UK. Mm. Um, uh, I know there's some in, in France or tons in France. Probably I don't know about. It. Are there any any Good ones that you'd recommend us looking into uh, in France. Yeah. Um, yes, in France, um, uh, I'm uh, I'm working with uh, Michele Colosio uh, in Bordeaux, which is the head of strength and conditioning, yeah. and uh, I really enjoy uh, working with him. He's very good. 
Um, but if you if you want to talk with another um, um, strength and conditioning coach from another club, uh, I talk a lot with uh, Benjamin Del Moral, uh, who is uh, head of SNC for Lyon. Okay. And in other sports, I like talking with uh, Olivier Morelli, uh, who is the um, uh, head of SNC for the volleyball French national team and handball French national team. Okay. Awesome stuff. Uh, Fred, thanks so much for your time and, and sharing your experience with us. Um, it, it's been great chatting with you. Um, and I hope that I know you've got a meeting tonight or there's a meeting tonight about what's the sort of future of, of the top 14, you know, around mm-hmm. COVID-19. So hopefully that has, you know, a good good outcome for you guys and you get back on the field soon. Thank you very much, Jamie. Thank you. Cheers, Fred. Yes, thank you, Fred. Great to talk to you and all the best uh, for everything in the future. Uh, In the meantime, guys, please, of course, subscribe to us to get more podcasts on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, uh, Spotify, whatever you use for your podcast. And, of course, give us a five-star review. It is greatly appreciated. And, of course, share any episodes you think might be helpful to any of your teammates or colleagues. Um, We we believe there's tons of good information, so please share them around, let people know um, where they can learn more about rugby, strength, conditioning, rehab, nutrition, whatever it might be. Uh, And of course, keep checking us out at rugbyrenegade.com. Tons more stuff going on there. We're adding some uh, bespoke programs um, and always adding content there with its ebooks. And of course, the subscription uh, program, uh, fully periodized training plan to improve your performance for rugby. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Renegade podcast. For more quality rugby strength and conditioning information, check us out at rugbyrenegade.com. Rugby Renegade, building machines.